Eufy is sponsoring today's video. They reached out to me. I tested out their video lock. It is a game changer. I'm going to paint a picture for you for why I'm so excited to work with them. So you're getting home. Your arms are loaded with groceries or packages or boxes or everything. And your keys are in your pocket. This drives me nuts. This happens all the time. I upgraded to the Eufy video lock. Fingerprint tap i'm inside and honestly i also feel way safer it's got this awesome built-in camera so whether it's a package delivery or late night uber order i see exactly who's there right from my phone there are no more mystery knocks and the best part this thing was such a breeze to set up there's no wires there's no drilling uh, there's also no monthly subscription fees so if you are done fumbling with your keys because i definitely am search for eufy video lock or head over to eufyofficial.com slash video lock your front door, your sanity. I just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott, and today you are going to hear me on the J Vision podcast. We spoke about influencer marketing, what it is, what it isn't, who can make good use of it, things to look out for, and how you can use it for your brand. I hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome to my channel. My name is Jennifer Purple. I am the founder and CEO of J Vision Advertising. Today I bring a new episode of my video series, Influencers Lives Behind the Scenes. My new guest is a CEO and founder. He's an SVP in marketing and sales, an expert in the subject. Today he's going to tell us his story and all his strategy using social media to become a successful entrepreneur. Do you want to get to know him? His name is Scott DeClary. So welcome, Scott. Tell us more about yourself. So, well, first of all, thank you for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Um, so my name's uh, Scott D. Clary. Um, so I am a longtime sales and marketing executive. Um, over my career, I started off in sales as an individual contributor, um, then moved into uh, sales leadership roles. Um, in those sales leadership roles, I usually just took on the marketing component as well for those organizations. Um, I went into consulting for a little bit, doing sales and marketing consulting for early stage startups, um, worked with a startup incubator similar to Y Combinator, but the Canadian version. So uh, at the Creative Destruction Labs at U of T. Um, and then I went back to working for somebody, which is where I'm at now. So right now, um, my nine to five, so my official job is uh, SVP sales and marketing for Excitem. Excitem is a software development company, a SaaS company for broadcast software. Um, they are a smaller OEM for a larger company called Grass Valley. So if you look on my LinkedIn, you'll see Grass Valley as well. So what we do is we basically build software products 
for Grass Valley's customers. Grass Valley is in the broadcast space, but they deal with a lot of hardware. So we're very specialized. Think about us as uh, think of us like a, a startup within, like a, almost like a, a lab within a large organization. So um, my day-to-day responsibilities uh, include um, hiring and training and onboarding sales reps, supporting uh, Grass Valley has roughly 100 sales reps, supporting them on demos for the software products that we sell and that we build, um, building out sales strategies, marketing strategies, um, very much like, uh, like I said, it's a small group of developers in a large organization. So I wear many hats in terms of my day-to-day, but really focused on driving revenue through sales and marketing for the software products. Um, I do other stuff, of course, that's probably how you found me. So um, I host a podcast as well. So I post a podcast called the Success Story Podcast. Um, that's just unpacking uh, incredible stories of successful individuals, sort of documenting their highs and lows, their wins and losses. Uh, what I equate it to is Tim Ferriss, but more of a business focus. That's kind of what I try and do on the podcast. Um, I also run a newsletter, uh, ROI Overload, which is a newsletter that goes out to roughly 30,000 people that's focused on sales and marketing tactics and strategies. Um, and then, you know, on top of all that, uh, it sort of fits in line with this show and probably what we're going to talk about. It's just me building my brand, me building my persona, me speaking about the things that I love to do. Um, a lot of the stuff and a lot of the, I guess, the, the social profile that I built for myself is around sales, marketing, startup, you know, growth, business growth. Um, and I've done that prim- like primarily on LinkedIn, but then I've expanded. So I, I have the same type of content that goes out on Twitter, um, on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel as well that has a lot of similar type content. Um, Facebook as well, but not many people here probably are using Facebook as much as some of the other platforms, um, but it's still going out there. And uh, the total audience, since it's an influencer show, I'll, I'll plug numbers, uh, roughly 250,000 followers in the business niche across all my social. Um, so that, that was done purposefully, um, knowing that whatever happens in my career, wherever I go, I'll have an audience, I'll have a brand. Um, that I can use to do my own thing, that I can use to help another company sell another product, I can use it to sell the products that I'm, you know, building out right now. Um, so that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, my resume and what, I, what I'm doing right now. Perfect. No, that's amazing. And actually, because your niche is sales marketing, and I want to say even your personal branding as an entrepreneur, because I want to call you an entrepreneur, not just because... I know that you're working for somebody else, but for me, you're an entrepreneur because you also help other brands, help other businesses to, you know, in the sales growth and a lot of people can actually go and hire you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can. And I've definitely, so I'm very entrepreneurial by nature. Like I like to build things. So the reason why I, I went from consulting back to working for a company was because of the type of setup that I'm in right now. So I'm building out a software company within a much larger company. So I do wear many hats, but I do enjoy ideating, creating strategy, creating, creating something from the ground up and seeing the direct, the direct result of my actions have an impact on the growth of that company. So for me, building out strategy is a lot of fun. You can build out strategy in a much larger organization, um, but sometimes there's things that you run into when you're working in 
large organizations. The amount of impact you can have quickly, you can't move as quick, you can't do things as quickly for most organizations. Um, it's a generalization, but for a lot of companies, if you really are entrepreneurial, if you want to put in 120% and see those results and be part of something that's literally growing as you work in the company and you're achieving you know, hundreds of percent growth year over year over year, um, or even like month over month, uh, that's something that you can really do and you can have a lot of impact at a smaller organization. And that's really why I chose to do my nine to five, like my job, what I'm doing right now. Um, and you're right. I, I, I am very entrepreneurial by, by nature. So like I do build my own newsletter. I do run a podcast. I was doing consulting before. So it's something that I just enjoy. I like building things. That got me to my next question because you mentioned all the social media platforms that you're using. But I want to ask you first, how long have you been using social media as your part of your strategy for growth? I would say, yeah, I'd say about two and a half years now. So I only truly under not understood. I only truly um, implemented social as a strategy for growth later on in the game. I was like most people that used it for personal. I, I had personal, of course, personal Instagram, personal Twitter, personal Facebook. For, you know, about four years ago, I actually stopped using most of them and I didn't really see the point because it felt like a waste of time. But then I see how great business influencers. So you look at business influencers that do it right on each platform. So Gary Vaynerchuk kind of does it well on many platforms, but he has a whole team. You look at, for example, other people like um, uh, the Chris Doe is a business influencer on Instagram. He does other stuff, but he's really strong on Instagram. Uh, Matthew Kobach, who is another, um, he's a, he's a VP of marketing or director of marketing for fast, but he's really strong on Twitter. So I see how all these, not the Gary V's, but the smaller, say, call them micro-influencers, they're still very successful individuals, but micro-influencers are using these social platforms to build out a brand, to build out a community, and then they're leveraging that for either the company that they work for, or they're leveraging it for potentially consulting gigs, uh, they want to start their own business, whatever it may be, they have this they have this community, they have this incredible organic reach that they can achieve on social because they've spent the time. And sort of after studying these people, I realized that your brand is something that you can take with you forever. It's with you in perpetuity. So if you spend the effort, if you put in the reps, if you take the time, if you learn the platforms, learn what content works, and you just start doing, then in two, three, four, five years from now, you're going to have an asset that is equivalent to thousands and thousands of dollars in ad spend that you would have to invest to get the same amount of reach that you can now have access to just because you've taken the time to build out a profile and a community around who you are, what you do, what you love, and basically what you do and, 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 uh, and you know, every single day. So that's, that's why I did it. That's why I started to do it. And that's why I'm still doing it. I think we all in the same page when it comes to that, because even myself, like you said, I was using social media the wrong way. And maybe not the wrong way, but just the way that it was presented, right? That it's just a social media and then you share information just with family and friends. But once you get to, to use the social media the right way with the right strategy, like you were saying, to make it grow for your own 
good and to have like a business with it is the best way to do it. And with 100%. you mentioned something in there. I'm sorry, but you mentioned something in there about the strategy. So I want you to give me a little bit of how, what kind of a strategy you were using for social media that you noticed it worked for you and mm -hmm. that you saw a significant, you know, significant growth on your platforms. Sure. So I would break the strategy into two parts. I would say that first part of your strategy has to be how you create the content. So the actual process or the tools or the technology that you have. And the second part of the strategy would be what you create. So the how and the what, okay? And that's very important because you can be creating tons of content that isn't resonating with anybody, or you can be creating this awesome fire piece of content, this incredible tweet that goes viral once in your lifetime, and then you get distracted, you, you get, you know, you can't think of new ideas, whatever it may be. So you have to have both and you have to have process and systems that allow you to create content at scale repeatedly, and then also source ideas for your content and create content that resonates with the audience on that target platform. So let's first talk about um, the process. So the process is not uh, a confusing process. It's actually quite simple. Um, there's been many people that have spoken about this process. Again, I'll, I'll reference Gary V again or Gary Vaynerchuk because it's his, it's technically his content creation process, but there's many people that speak about it in many different ways. So an easy content creation process that you can use to repeatedly create the content across all your social platforms is as follows. You take one long form piece of content. So it can be a podcast like this. So now you have from this podcast, you'll have a YouTube video and you'll have another podcast that you can actually post an audio podcast you could in theory take this and you could transcribe it you could turn it into a blog about whatever we chat about right and then from that now you have three you have three pieces of content so you have a blog podcast youtube you take that video content from the youtube you can now break it down into five minute clips ten minute clips that can go across linkedin facebook instagram uh and even youtube if you want to have some you know different podcast clips on your YouTube. Um, then you can take those five to 10 minute clips and you can break them down into 30 second sound bites. So 30 second sound bites can go across shorts, uh, TikTok, Reels, YouTube shorts, Snapchat, um, whatever it's called. I can't remember the new Snapchat thing. Um, and now you have these 30 second sound bites. And then you can also take those 30 second sound bites, assuming they're good quotes, they're really good quotes. You've now chosen them and you can use those as little tweets. So now you have this content strategy where you have one long form piece of content that's been broken down into, in theory, like, well, 50 to 100 different pieces of content across all your different social platforms. Um, another thing you could do, and I don't, I forgot about this, you could even uh, take, if you turn this into a blog post, say we're chatting about certain topics, take the uh, responses that I give you, or even the, the, the topics that you bring up, and you can go on Quora, which is another great place to drive traffic. And you can be responding to questions on Quora with some of the responses that I'm giving you um, right now in this podcast, because now you'll have insight into certain questions, trending questions on core, that's going to drive more traffic. So it's just about, it's just about creating a, a system that will allow you to easily create content at scale, and it has to be repeatable. So you always want to have this type of system. Now, if you look at all of my content, is this all I do? No, it's not all I do, because I still enjoy creating other types of content. But I'm saying let's, let's, let's not, let's not immediately go to where I'm at now, because we're assuming that if somebody is just starting today, they have to get used to 
just creating, just posting that one piece per day, per week, whatever. So we're not going to go to where I'm at now, because again, this is like two and a half years later, right? Where I'm comfortable posting, comfortable creating, and I like doing this and it's fun for me. Right now, we're just trying to get you started. So this, this process that I just outlined is a great way to just get started and have content across all your social because what you don't want to have to do is you don't want to have to think of a tweet, a YouTube video, a blog post, and think about all these things in silos because it can be very tiring. And it's if you're not, yeah, seriously, you, yeah, you will go crazy. And you have to understand that somebody like I, I have a couple like, like virtual assistants that work for me. I sometimes I hire designers if I need to. Like I have some resources that I've pulled in because this is important to me. Somebody, when you look at, for example, again, Gary Vaynerchuk's social media, he has teams of people creating this. So the process that I've outlined is a process that one person could do themselves in all seriousness. And I think I did saw um, a couple of videos from you on TikTok talking about this system, which actually caught me (laughs) even more. It it is, yes. I think I did a duet as well with one of them because it was amazing the way that you kind of broke it down and right now the way that you're doing it because a lot of people who got whoever's going to see this video they're going to be so thankful to you just because you just broke it down so easily and they probably already had all the resources and a lot of materials mm-hmm. that they didn't, they didn't even know what to do with it. A hundred percent. Most people. Well, I appreciate that. You're very kind. Thank you. Um, like I said, it's not. It's not my original thought, but it's been repeated by multiple people. And sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's processes and systems in place that work. So don't try and do something that's more convoluted, more confusing. Like you can, you can experiment with new things, but to start, just keep it simple, right? And any, any person, I would argue that any person or any business that is trying to market successfully in... 2021, they should run some sort of podcast that's speaking to speaking to stakeholders, decision makers that could be their target customer, asking them questions that their target customers would be asking and using that to position themselves as a thought leader in their industry. So you, if you, if you're saying, I don't have these interviews recorded yet, I don't have this long form video. I would say, if you want to be successful, if you want to differentiate yourself in 2021, you should be doing this. And if you don't feel like interviewing people, you maybe you're a little bit shy, you're not, you're not comfortable interviewing, then, then just talk in front of a camera, just yourself and create like a 30 minute discussion. Or it could be, it could be for example, you going through the top questions. I always use Quora because it's a great resource for questions that are trending in your industry. So you go to Quora, you look up the top questions that are relevant to your industry and you're the expert in your industry. You're just answering those questions and that's your content. You could answer four or five questions. That's 30 minutes of content. And that's so, so relevant for people that could be buying from you, your target customers. So that, I don't know how long these podcasts are. I apologize, but I I just took a long time to explain to you a process. I'm going to go real quick on the other. Okay. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, So there's a second part to it. You have to know what type of content to create, right? You have your process now and you have to know what type of content. So I'll tell you what I do. Um, if I'm looking for the type of content that works for a specific platform, because I want to see what everybody on that platform likes to 
you know, engage with, comment with, and share. I just look for the people that are doing it the best on that platform, and I'm formatting my content the way they're putting out content. So like I said, I have people on each platform, most, most platforms, that I look to for examples of content. I mentioned one before, the Chris Doe. At the Chris Doe on Instagram, he is B2B content. He's the most successful I've ever seen at somebody doing B2B content on Instagram that isn't, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk with you know a huge team and a whole bunch of resources. Um, on Twitter, I look at uh, what's his handle. I know his name, but I don't know his handle. Um, at M Co, yeah, at M Kobach or at Matthew Matthew Kobach. He is he's one of the most successful individuals at building a community on Twitter. So I look to him for B2B, to, the, the way he communicates, the type of posts he puts out, the way he structures his posts, the way he formats his posts on Twitter, I look to him as an authority. And I try and create content that resembles his content because I know that he's already figured out what works. I would not go to the Chris Doe for Twitter content. I wouldn't go to at, uh, at M. Kobach for Instagram content. What I'm doing is I'm looking at the people that are leading in each particular on each particular social platform, and then that's who I'm using as a guide. That's who I'm learning from. Um, and then I would say, uh, you know, for so you, I'm trying to think who, who else would be a really good one on LinkedIn. Um, yes, I, I've built a pretty good following on LinkedIn, but I would say the people that I've learned from on LinkedIn, um, uh, Dave uh, Gerhardt. He's a VP marketing at Drift, if I'm not mistaken, and he creates great content on LinkedIn and everything on LinkedIn is, of course, or most of it is business to business, but he creates really good content on LinkedIn. He knows how to target. He knows how to build an audience. And a lot of the stuff that I've learned myself, I've learned from him or another individual on LinkedIn who's very good at B2B content uh, is Justin Welsh. He's another, uh, he used to be a VP sales and now he's, um, he's a consultant, but those are all names. If you go research them on their platform, on the platform where they excel, you will learn from them and that's who you should emulate in your own content creation. And that's honestly how I've been successful across different platforms. It's just learning people that kill it on that platform. It's, it's not hard stuff. It's just, it's, it's just doing the research and, and, Again, it's more, you know, I, when I speak about mentors and mentors are kind of, it's kind of a buzzword or a, a word that's overused, but I do believe that if you want to uh, excel or succeed in life or anything, you have to have multiple mentors. Now, I don't know Justin personally. I don't know Chris personally. You know, I've engaged with their stuff on social, but I wouldn't call them a mentor, but it's the same concept. You have multiple people that you're learning from who are just doing the best in their particular area. You wouldn't go to somebody for your relationship advice. You wouldn't go to that person to lose weight. You wouldn't go to somebody uh, if you're trying to raise money for a startup. You wouldn't go to that person if you had relationship problems. You have these mentors that could be your friends, family, peers, coworkers in various aspects of your life. So replicate that in, in what you're trying to do. So if you see a company that's doing something well, if you see a person that's trying to do something well, just learn from them. It's, it's easier than ever to have access to the best in the world at what they're doing. So use that as, as your, as your guide, as your, as you know, as your social media MBA, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's my best advice.
No, and it, it is the best because it's true what you said. You, it's just like going back to the influencer um, topic, right? So these are the different type of influencers that you can follow and you're learning from because you want to follow them, but not just because who they are. You want to follow them because you're learning from them, that they yeah. are actually adding some type of value in their content that you want to become like them and not by copying or anything like that. It's just that they provide you with ideas for you to actually yeah. be successful in what you're trying to do. 100%. All the guidelines, all the, all the playbooks are already out there. It's, it's, if I can frame it for somebody who is a business to business leader, like a director of sales of marketing or, uh, uh, you know, when you create a new strategy for your business, you're looking at case studies, you're looking at examples of companies that have done this before. You're looking at how a certain company has, uh, for example, um, retained their reps or reduced churn on their customers or increase their inbound leads or increase their conversion. You look out into the world for examples and you find the best examples and you try and include those examples in your own business strategy. That's how you do it. There is no difference when you're trying to build a successful audience on social media. Exactly. No, completely agree. And actually, because you mentioned so many social medias and different strategies that work on each, I want to ask you, which one was the first social media that you think grew first and that you liked the most? So the first social media that grew first for me was LinkedIn because my content, what I do every single day is great content for LinkedIn. What I do everything like what I, what I do every single day is not easy to translate into Instagram, for example, right? Sales and marketing content, yeah, you can put it on YouTube, but I can tell you right now, like if I was to go on YouTube, a kid playing with a toy or somebody playing a video game is going to get a, like a hell of a lot more views than me talking about an outbound sales strategy. So if you know what I mean, like, so LinkedIn just works. It works with what I know. And if I, you know, that's, that's where my audience is, right? And that's actually, to be quite honest, um, as LinkedIn was growing quicker than any other social platform. That's what I used to launch my podcast. That's what I used to launch my newsletter because the audience was all aligned. So again, you, you, you speak about why, why should people care about micro influencers or why should people even build a brand? Well, it's because now I can launch things quickly. I don't need to, again, pay a lot of money to advertise. I can launch for free and get something to a, a you know, a decent level of, of viewership, a decent audience, a decent amount of traffic on a new thing I choose to launch if it works for that audience whenever I want. So, No, and the reason why I'm asking you this is because I ask every single influencer that I bring to, my, um, to this channel that one of my theories, uh, because I've been in marketing and advertising like for 10 years, maybe more, but one of my theories when it comes to social media is that you should pick one platform that is the one that is going to be help you the most, right? That one that you need to master first. So once you master that one, you can move on to the next ones. What do you think about that theory? I think that's smart. I think that, um, so I have, I have conflicting opinions about that only because if, so yeah, to answer your question specifically, I do believe you have to master one first, but I don't believe you should ignore the rest. I think mastering one is fine because I think that you will find the best 
the best ROI of time invested on a particular platform because that's where your target audience is is hanging out, right? That's where you want to connect with the people that are buying your services, your products, whatever it may be. They're all there. So it makes a lot of sense to spend a little bit more time there. But that being said, you will find other people in the other platforms and you will find that being really strong on one platform can eventually bleed over into other platforms and vice versa. So I do believe that, yes, you're correct. So I went really heavy on LinkedIn. That's where I, and, and it's funny because it's actually probably to the general general public, it's probably the least popular social media platform, but it's, it's, it was the best suited for what I do. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's tough, right? Like, would I have loved to be wildly successful on YouTube? Of course, I would love that ad revenue. Like I would love that all day. But the thing is, sometimes it's harder to grow on these platforms. So keep doing it and start, but definitely double down on, on what's working. No, definitely. And no, actually the reason why I'm telling you this is because I relate like 100% with you when it comes to LinkedIn. LinkedIn was the only platform of my choice because I'm in sales too. I started doing, well, I was, you know, I was first in one side of marketing and advertising as a buyer. And then I just literally said, no, I want to learn how to sell, you know, my services as well. I want to do it because I knew that down the road, it was going to help me to be in both sides because I knew that I wanted to open a business. Maybe I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do back then, but after all the years in sales and implementing different, you know, strategies, LinkedIn was my choice. My first platform, like the only platform that I was using, to be honest with you, to connect with other people and to network and to find my leads, the people that I was going to be call calling, the people that I was going to be meeting and who are my clients nowadays? Because I think it's a great, strong platform, not just to share content the way that you do it, but also to connect. And especially when it comes to professional people, it's not like an Instagram. People follow yeah. you, but you don't know who they are. You don't know if like they are, are actually having a business or if they actually want to hire you or they just want to follow you because they like you or something like that. You know what I mean? But Yeah, it's a different audience. And you're... Uh you nailed it. Like you're, you're hundred percent right. Like when I, I think that LinkedIn in terms of selling something in terms of B2B is the most powerful platform and probably the, the most underutilized platform. It's something that I think that if you're selling a service and it's not a consumer product, if you, like it's, you're not going to do well, in my opinion, at least selling t-shirts on LinkedIn versus if you were advertising on Pinterest or Snapchat or whatever, but if you're selling a business product, Yes, you got to be on LinkedIn. You got to be running. You got to be creating a brand on LinkedIn. You got to be running outbound on LinkedIn. Every sales team I've ever I've ever worked with, uh, if you're doing an outbound campaign, you're hitting people on phone, on email, and on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably one of the most important tools you can use because not only is that's where all your buyers are, that's what all, like all your decision makers are there, but also even like the targeting. Like you cannot target. Uh, you know, VP marketing in this industry, in this location, at this company size, you cannot hyper target on any other social platform. So if you're not using it, then you're wasting your time, energy, effort, money, you name it. But like, you need to be on LinkedIn. No, definitely. I think that's why yeah. I was so successful back in my days of selling, because a lot of people were asking me like, how, how can you meet with these CEOs, CMOs and executives yeah. at a high level? I'm like, I just send them a message on LinkedIn and they receive That's all it is. Exactly. It's very, very useful. Yeah. It's just the same techniques 
that I use to find the, you know, influencers. Like in your case, we kind of follow each other on, on Twitter. And to be honest with you, I'm never on Twitter. But somehow something you were like tweeting in there that caught my attention. I was like, huh, yeah. let me just do my research and do my homework. And then I found you and I kind of replied a couple of your tweets. You were liking that you follow me back. And I was like, you see, that's how you make a connection. And yeah. I wasn't even looking to look for you. I didn't even know who you were until that tweet appeared on my on my screen. I was like, this is amazing because I'm actually looking for different ones, but not you specifically. And yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm not famous enough yet. I'm not <laughs> you're not famous, let me tell no. you. No. Oh, my God. Don't. Uh, I'm not even. Don't say that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I did my homework. I did my homework. I was like, okay, <laughs> let me see all his social media. I wanted to see which one is the biggest. Hey, very kind. <laughs> No, and I love it. I love the content that you create, the way that you present it. And even on those TikToks, like, it might not be the platform that you were using at the beginning, but you kind of nailed it. Like, okay, let me just give them tips and advices. And it's amazing the way that you're doing it. And it's amazing to have you here and that all the people that are going to be looking at this video, they're going to be like, yes, this is what I need to hear. This is what I want to know. Because you're telling what it is. And either you do it and it's going to work, or you just yeah. sit down and just don't do it, right? Exactly. And like, what's, you know, what's the worst that can happen if you, and you have to also be, you no, know, like if you're starting fresh, like whatever platform you choose, or if you choose all the platforms, you will be putting out a lot of content and nobody will look at it for a very long period of time and be, be okay with that. Don't, don't care about that. Just focus on getting your process down, getting your, getting your content process, getting your thought process on what you want to chat about, where you want to, you know, find inspiration for your content, focus on getting that all down. Because I would say that on any platform, if you don't give it minimum a year, you're not going to get anywhere. I would say minimum, minimum one year of just putting out content into this void. And it seems like nothing's there. Maybe six months, depending on how good your content is, but in all seriousness, but, but then you see this in, you see this with businesses, you see this with any, any project you take on, yeah. it will be flatlining. And then all of a sudden you will see massive exponential growth. And that's when it can impact your business. That's when, for example, I'm getting, you know, podcast invites, I'm getting speaking engagements. I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at right now, but I get job opportunities. I get recruiters reaching out. I can find, even I can find better, incredible talent, not to say like I couldn't find talent otherwise, but I have incredible people that want to work with me. Like it's a blessing when you put yourself out there. You, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Like there's, there's tough things that come with this that include like just the, the commitment, the perseverance and the content creation and whatnot. Um, so it's more just a matter of setting it into your schedule and your routine. But then again, like putting yourself out there is nerve wracking. It's like it, you don't, there's a lot of negativity. So you definitely have to acclimate to that and, and be okay with that. But once you get through the negativity and it just becomes part of your routine, you do realize that there's incredible benefits to being, you know, don't love the term, but it's thought leader in your space, right? Like there is a lot of benefit. Anyways. No, I, 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 I feel, I think that it's naive to call myself that only because, um, it would, it would assume that there is a threshold that you have to be at before you can call yourself an influencer. I know people that are, have much smaller social followings than me that can command, uh, an incredible respect 
they can launch products, they can they can do whatever they need to do because they're hyper-targeted to a certain audience. I think that I, I have a social following, but to be an influencer, I don't think there is, I think everybody can be an influencer in the right arena. I think that even in, I know incredible people that have no social media network that can pick up a phone and can close a deal, can find an investment, no problem because the social capital that they've built over their career. So influencer seems to be, um, it seems to be, a, a, you know, a label that's been, that's been associated with people that have massive social audiences, but I don't have a massive social audience. I'm not Kim Kardashian, right? I don't have, you know, millions of people following me. Can I influence a certain set of people that like my content to look at a certain product or, you know, try a certain thing? Probably, but so can somebody who just has incredible social capital. So I think that the goal should not be to become an influencer, but it should be to achieve whatever goal or purpose building a social audience allows you to achieve. If it's starting your own business, if it's getting a speaking engagement, putting yourself out there into the world, if it's closing more deals for your business, that's the only end result you should ever worry about. So I think that influencer is a, a silly word to be, to be hundred percent honest. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but You're yeah. the only one that actually disagree with the word influencer, because it's kind of misleading the way it, the term is used. And it has a negative connotation to it. Yes, it does. But to be honest with you, whoever's going to see you're following, whatever you are, they're yeah. going to be like, oh, he's an influencer. And to me, you are an influencer. Not to yeah. you that you are an influencer in a bad way. It's just because this is who you are. This is the title that I will give you besides being an entrepreneur, like, like I was telling you before. Yeah. You are an influencer because somehow you are influencing those people that are following you. Because they're following yeah. you for a reason. They're not just following you because it's just you. They're following you for the content that you share, all the advices, all, all your skills and knowledge that you are sharing with them, you know, via your content. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. So whatever, call, call me an influencer if, if you want. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that, you know, I think that building, building a personal brand is, 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 the, is what I am focused on. And if you're going to ask me, like, what am I focused on? I'm not focused on becoming an influencer. I am extremely focused on building a personal brand. And I totally agree with you because recently, now that you're talking about um, personal branding, like I said, I have been, if you, want, if you want to call it like an influencer in sales, yes, I have mm. been that out, out of social media because I wasn't using social media. I was, doing, I was using LinkedIn as, to, you know, to drive in my connections and to get my meetings and, you know, to get to know my clients. But um, I wasn't like a influencer in the type that I've been present or have like a personal brand until after, you know, the pandemic. That's when I realized, like, let me bring it all in because I'm trying to become an entrepreneur. Well, I am an entrepreneur. I have my own business. So now my business needs a face, right? So that's when I decided I need to have my presence online. And recently, I just launched my personal brand. Like, I created a whole launching, you know, structure and a strategy just so people can actually see, oh, she is an entrepreneur. She has, you know, like a business, and she wants people to know who is behind those ideas. So now, from your experience for, from personal branding, what would you say it, it is the most important factor 
to have a personal brand recognized on social media? Um, you know, so the most important factor would be the same factor that you should take into consideration if you're trying to sell a product or service. So know who your customer is, know who your ideal customer profile is, know who your target customer profile is, know who your buyer persona is. These are all technical sales terms in a B2B environment. But to just summarize, if you're not aware of these terms, you're identifying what type of person would be purchasing your product or service and what pain points, what problems do they have? That's the most important because once, you, once you've hyper-targeted who should be consuming your content, which in theory should be somebody who's buying your product or service, then you know what content to continuously create. And if you, if you, don't, have that, if you don't have that persona nailed down, you're not going to know what content to create. So I, I would say that's the most important. I think that the most, I think you just have to be like, it sounds cliche, but you have to be yourself because there's no way you could ever maintain a fake personality for any period of time. You're going to, you're like, it's going to be, you're going to get depressed. Like you're literally going to get depressed. Um, so just be yourself and whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. And that's literally it. That's, that's just, it. you know, anyways. Yeah, no, I was going to say, don't go into this speaking about stuff you don't know about. Don't go into this acting in a way that you aren't. Um, it's going to get incredibly tiring and you will burn out. No, I, I agree with you. And I think it kind of relates in the same theory when you are a salesperson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you notice that back, back in the days, the salespeople, they just have different strategies that kind of annoying because who wants to speak yeah. to a salesperson the minute that you they know that you do sales they look at you differently and still until today a lot of people are afraid of sales but just yeah. like every single platform on social media be or like marketing maybe um, any industry has evolved sales has evolved as well and i think of sales like human sales to human you are offering a service but in a different way you're not offering a service by selling your products or services. You are offering solutions to other people's problems and that's why they look mm -hmm. at you and that's why they want to buy from you. 100%, yeah. And if you think, like I, I've sold for a lot of my career as well. Like, I've, like I mentioned, that's how I started my career and I still now jump on demo calls. Um, I still sell direct to customers. If nobody else can take a call and the customer comes in, I'm jumping on a call. Um, if you think that you're going to sell by acting or presenting the product or yourself in a way that, isn't authentic you're kidding yourself buyers are smart buyers like you just won't get far and the negative connotation or perception of salespeople has been propagated by people who act a certain way to get a desired result that is like you mentioned you're 100 right on that is no longer sales sales is sales is you working with the client you're collaborating you are coming to a conclusion that's helping the client and you're offering something the client needs to solve a problem, and you're getting to that end point that you're getting to that sale that you know signed contract. You're getting to that end point with the customer. You're working together to get to that end. If you think sales is anything else, you'll never be successful in sales. Right now, you look at the stats: um, seventy to eighty percent of the research done on a product yeah. is done before somebody even connects with the company, speaks to a sales rep. 
People are incredibly smart and access to information is easier than ever. So if you think you're going to trick your way into a sale in any environment, not just the B2B, like a B2C, like just selling to consumer, people can do research, people can expose you, people can, and people will understand all of these things. And the second you're saying something on a call or you're saying something on a Zoom meeting or whatever that doesn't align with what your product says it does or your company's social media or your company's website, they're going to call you on that. Or perhaps they won't call you on that and they'll just go to another vendor or another company to buy from. So you just have to know, you have to know your stuff, but you have to just, like again, I hate that these words become cliche, but they're so true. If you're not authentic, if you don't, if you don't work with the customer and you think that you're trying to impose something or sell something onto a customer in like a high pressure type shady car salesman, type scenario that unfortunately was like the the old school i guess perception of sales you won't be successful and customers have more options than ever and they'll just go somewhere else how long would you say that you spent on each social media platform with engagement um strategy i would say so not posting but engaging with other people's content um i would say i try and spend about not every social media platform. Um, I would say like, I would say across all the social media platforms, I probably spend about 30 minutes a day trying to comment and engage with people that are in my industry. Um, Because that's probably actually something that I have to do a better job of because that's, I always, I always, you know, I always create the content. I always post the content, but sometimes the last thing that I don't do is engage or comment or share or interact with other people like that. That's actually something that is incredibly important. I would say that you do have to time block for it because that can seem like a secondary metric or a less important component of social media, but it really isn't. If you, if you engage, it's incredibly important, but I try and do about a half an hour. And I'd say I'd focus on Instagram. I focus on Twitter. I focus on LinkedIn. I don't, I'm not really commenting on YouTube videos. I'm not uh, commenting on Snapchat or TikTok. I'm mostly, actually, I don't even comment on Snapchat, but I'm not commenting on TikTok really. I'm mostly on the platforms that are, are getting the most traffic or what that I'm most focused on. Okay, uh, before I forget one question I didn't ask you. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, okay, so what advice can you give the audience that is looking at this, the, well, that is looking at this interview for if they want to become an entrepreneur or, or have their personal brand on social media? Yeah, um, I would just say start. Just start. That's the biggest issue people have. Uh, you don't have to commit your entire life to it. You don't have to look at what other people who have been doing it for two, three, five, ten 10 years are doing and hope to achieve that in week one. You don't have to quit your job. You can start a side hustle. You can start posting. You can start, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you can start um, finding your first few customers. You can start freelancing if you want to build an agency. You don't have to be so all in. It's the concept of going too much all in right away. This hustle culture, it's, it's toxic, it's negative, and it's not necessary. Your job, like most people's jobs, will take on average maybe eight hours a day, maybe nine hours a day, maybe even 10 hours if there's traffic when you're driving to and from your office, if you're in an office. Or, <laughs> most of us aren't. But if you're in an office, like it's a, maybe a 10-hour day. Okay, it's a long day. But you, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So most of it, but before COVID, everybody was in offices. I miss the commute sometimes, but still, and no, I'm kidding. I'm in Toronto. I don't miss the commute at all. It's worse than Manhattan traffic. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but um, anyway, so you can, you can do this, do this after supper, after dinner, do this from like, you know, six to nine, seven to nine, do this on Sunday. I time block two hours, three hours on Sunday night to create my content for the week. I'll have a laptop writing a blog while I'm watching TV at night. Like do something that takes advantage of your, of your downtime and turns it into something that will build something that you can use in the future. It could be a business. It could be your own personal brand. But the point is just get started. There's quite literally no excuse as long as you have any time to yourself where you're not working or taking care of your family. That's time when you could invest in, in yourself to make your life hopefully a little bit easier in the future. So don't feel like you have to go all in day one. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. No, my pleasure. Thank you, Scott, so much for being in this interview. Guys, if you want to learn more about our services or would like to schedule a consultation with me, please leave me a comment or give us a call, and I will make sure to answer all of your questions. Please don't forget to subscribe and turn on the notifications for more videos every week. Also, press the like button if you like this video and share with all your contacts. Thanks for watching. See you soon. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
learned it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real, there are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed 
survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 